All right, how's everybody doing? How's everybody doing? Good, 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 good. I'm going to tell you a little bit about me. Now, I, now I know you're looking at you thinking, man, that guy's old. That guy's a youth pastor. That guy's old. Well, we'll see who's got more energy. Wow, the lights came on. Man, I feel like Will Smith at the Oscars. Sorry. Now, uh, where's, my, where's my guy that had the army? Where's the guy that had the army outfit on? I was going to tell a G.I. Joe joke, but that might be too quick. Uh, where's my guy? He scared me up here. Hey, the teens that sang, you did a phenomenal job. Give my hand. They did a great job. So, oh, there's G.I. Joe right there. He scared me. He, he, hey, we're in Wisconsin. I don't know about that. He looked like something comes out of a trailer. I don't know. So, uh, hey, uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about me. Uh, I am, I am uh, uh, a bus kid originally from Chicago. Uh, I am originally from, don't let's go way, way back. I, I came out of my mother. And uh, how many of you came out of your mother? All right, good, go back. Um, but I, I uh, was born, I am actually from Puerto Rico is where I was born. And uh, born in, uh, I, I tell everybody I was real smart because I was born at the University of Puerto Rico. And my family comes from a little town called Barranquitas. It's in the mountain. We're kind of, we're mountain people is what we are. And then when I was four years old, my parents moved to Chicago, the south side. So how many of you have ever been to Chicago? Okay, how many got shot? No. Uh, so I do move around a lot. People say, why do you move around so much? Well, number one, I'm fat. Got to lose weight, all right? Number two, in Chicago, if you don't move around, you get shot. So I don't want to, I'm not going to get shot, amen? So my parents went to the south side, and then they realized real quick that they moved into the wrong neighborhood. And that was all Polish and Bohemian, a lot like parts of Milwaukee. And uh, I was the only kid there, and I didn't speak any English. And so, man, we moved out, then we moved to the north side. There was more Spanish people there. I was seven years old. Them, uh, them white people came knocking on my door, all right? And uh, they said, Iglesia mañana, you know, would you come to church? And so I came to church on horseback riding Sunday. So how many of you in here, you ride a bus to church? You're a bus kid. Raise your hand. Amen. Why are all my bus kids sitting over here? Huh? But uh, you all know if you ride a bus to church, bus workers are liars, right? Amen. They say we're going horseback riding. You get on the horse for like 10 seconds and then you get off. They say we're going to have pizza on the bus. And the pizza's the size of a little Lord's Supper uh, wafer. Amen. Right? <laughs> Cheap. Cheap bus workers, man. Cheap. And uh, they, they'll tell you you're going to get a bike. They didn't tell you you have to wait 50 years to get it, but you're going to get a bike. All right? I'm still waiting on a bike that a bus worker owns me. But I got saved and started coming to church. Now... I am not used to preaching to adults, okay? I don't preach to adults, but maybe five, six times a year. I preach to teens every week of my life, three, four times, sometimes even more, if I go to camp or I go out of town or I go to conference to preach. And so I like preaching to teens. You know, I like preaching to teens, number one, because they don't usually give me dirty looks back. So adults give you dirty looks, all right? Number two... Teenagers don't usually get offended. If they do, it's only for a minute. Adults, they'll walk out. Now, my service is not normal, Brother Paul. I mean, we have fights break out in my service. I am part-time bouncer, part-time pastor. We fight. They fight. And uh, 
So I see a young man. I saw a young man around here. I've got triggers in my youth department. And I saw a young man with a hat. And my trigger went off. Like, take that hat off, all right? Because our teens, they wear hats to symbolize gangs or sides or hoodies. Y'all don't have a hoodie problem, do you? Man, I got every week, take your hoodie off, take your hoodie off. And so I'm used to preaching to teens. Fights break out in my service. You see, you mean like, look, I mean like brawls. 300 teens, so I preached about 300 teens every week. And uh, so fights break out. Uh, I got to constantly be saying, listen, look up here. And so I'm used to it. So how many of you tonight, so when I preach to teens, there's three groups in every, in every youth group, all right? So the first one uh, are the nerds. Where are the nerds tonight? You are the nerd. You're the nerd in the youth group, all right? All the nerds, stand up. If you're a nerd, stand up, all right? All right? Good. Good. <laughs> all right? Have a seat. All the nerds. Now, now you got to be careful for the nerds because you're going to work for them someday, okay? All right? All right? So... All right, now, then in the, another group we have in, the, in youth groups is, are you ready for this one? We have the jocks, the guys that think they're all that, the guys that are the ballers, the guys that, uh, uh, so we got, the, we got the ballers, we got the jocks. Where are the jocks at, girls? You can stand up too. Where are the jocks at? All right? All right? All right. Okay, so I have a seat. My big, my big brother up here, he stood up. Uh, man, brother, what do you lift? Forks? Uh, but no, uh, we'll, we'll leave it there. Uh, <laughs> and uh, all right, so we got, the, we got the nerds, got the jocks. Here's the next group, right? Every group. I used to be a part of this group, Brother Paul. This is the, uh, the, the pretty people, the beautiful people, the, the good-looking people, the... The, the hotties, all right? Where are the, where are the pretty people at? Stand up, stand up, stand up. Oh, they're all on this side. All the ugly people are over here. So, all right, have a seat. <coughs> so, so we, so now we know where everyone, now, I, I, I left the group out, I left the group out, but I, I left the ugly people out, okay? So, uh, Brother Paul, stand and represent them, all right? There you go, good, right there, all right? And so, anyhow, I love preaching to teens. Tonight, tonight, I want to, first of all, Brother Paul, thank you. I've only met Brother Paul three times. Once I met him at a conference, and he came up, and he asked me all these great Bible questions. The second time I met him was at a bar, and uh, no, 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 it was, uh, no kids, no, it wasn't at a bar, okay, so, uh, actually the second time I met him, I'm in line, minding my own business, just being a nice, quiet Christian man, on vacation, no, I wasn't on vacation, I had a youth group with me, and we were at this god-awful, worldly place called Dollywood, is that what it was, Dollywood? Dollywood. And I heard somebody say, Brother Torres. I'm like, leave me alone, please. And turn around, it was Brother Paul and his in-laws. And then today is the third time. So anyhow, I, you know, Brother Paul, you look like, like you ought to be like in the Ukrainian army, for real. Like, you know, I look at him and I'm like, this guy looks like a Ukrainian soldier. But uh, doesn't he? he? He does. Anyhow, are you Polish? You're German. Ooh, all right. <laughs> Take your Bibles tonight. Take your Bibles tonight. 
Man, I'm so glad to be up here. I've preached up in Wisconsin a few times. I've been over to Superior, been over to Eau Claire, been over into, uh, I don't know what that's called, Oak Creek or whatever that is. And man, I'm so glad to, who's from Oak Creek? All right, good. good. That's the retarded section. All right, no. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I said the R word. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Tonight, we're going to use our Bibles a lot. So if you have a Bible, I want you to, to get a Bible. I don't mind if you use a phone, but really, there's nothing like uh, using the Bible. Actually, give me my Bible there because I got my notes up here and I just realized I've got a, there you go, I got my iPad. But uh, I want you to take your Bibles. I want you to go to the book of Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Young people, listen. We live in a time and day today where everybody is grabbing for your attention. Look up at me. Don't talk. I have a rule when I preach. Not a rule, but something I tell my teens. No one is to be heard above God's word. No one. So if you decide tonight to talk, then what you're saying is, I need to be heard above God's word. It's not Brother Ricky's word. It's not my word. Trust me. It is the word of God. But no one's to be heard above God's word. In a second here, we're going to pray. And I'm going to ask you to do something that you probably don't do. And I'm, we're going to bow our heads and close our eyes in a second here. And I want you to t- ask the Lord to speak to you. You know that things and people speak to you all day long. Uh, you know, you, you go on TikTok and they're speaking to you and you go on uh, Instagram and they're speaking to you. And then you turn on your Spotify or what have you in the music, what have you listen and they speak to you. Would you allow God to speak to you? Not don't allow me to speak to you because trust me, I am a sinner I am wicked. By the grace of God, I was saved as a little boy. I am a nobody. I am nothing but a trophy of what God can do in your life. I I don't come from a nice Christian home. I didn't grow up in the little white picket fence. You know, I didn't grow up with mommy and daddy taking me to church. I grew up going to church on the bus. And I still go go to church on the bus. I still run a bus route to the south uh, side of Chicago, 28 Uh, Well, 40 years since I've been saved, but 28 uh, years I've been running a bus route. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And I want you to put a circle around you. Don't worry about the guy next to you, the girl behind you, in front of you. And I want you right now, I want you to say uh, in your heart and to God, Lord, speak to me. Lord, speak to me. And then I want you to tell the Lord, Lord, if you'll speak to me, I will move. There's two times, young people, that you ought to move in a church. Number one is when God speaks. Number two is when God doesn't. When God speaks and when God doesn't. I want God to speak to you. We're going to have a good time tonight. We're going to finish. We're going to have our Nerf Wars. But I want God to speak. I'm going to pray out loud. And in your heart, I want you to ask the Lord to speak to you. Father God, thank you for what an awesome opportunity Lord, what a privilege it is to open up God's word. Lord, I know that there's uh, the Jewish faith. They will not open this. They'll not open up their book, what they call their Bible, the five books of the Bible. They won't open it, Lord, unless they've cleansed themselves and washed themselves, unless they've gone through a, a little cleansing period. Lord, they revere your word. And God, I get the privilege of your Lord one more time to open your book. It's your book. It's a living book. It's a book that talks about a living God. The book that talks about sending his son, the only begotten son. It's a book that gives us, that tells us how to have victory in the Christian life, how to overcome the flesh, the world, and the devil. Lord, there's some good young people here today. 
They may have come for an activity, but I pray, dear Lord, you would speak to them, we ask in Christ's name. Amen. Go to Luke. We're going to start off in Luke chapter 9, verse 23. We're going to move quite a bit around, and so I need your help. The Bible says in Luke chapter 9, verse 23, And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. If any man's going to follow, take up his cross daily and follow me. Tonight, young people, I want to talk to you on this subject. Listen, I want you to come uh, preach to you on this subject. Have you met Jesus? Have you met Jesus? I'm afraid that today a lot of young people that go to church, and I'm not preaching to a bunch of new kids. It looks like a lot of you go to church. How many of you go to church on a weekly, regular basis? Raise your hand. All right. So I preach all over the U.S., and I preach sometimes. I do something called the Youth Explosion with Brother Reno Likens, and we go into a community, and uh, we bust in public school kids. And I've done it many times. I've had fights break out, and I've had, I remember I did one in Seattle, or right outside of Washington, Fort Lewis, and it was a, a bunch of military kids, and we got them, 300 kids. Did not know that military kids don't like other military kids. And man, a big old fight broke out in the middle of the service. And so I'm used to preaching to kids that are not saved. But I'm guessing that by the show of hands, many of you, You go to church on a weekly basis. And so let's talk a little bit. Have you come to know Jesus? The Bible says that if you come to know Jesus, the Bible says, he said to them, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. The Bible's got some incredible stories of people that came across the path of Jesus. And they have two things in common. Listen to me. Two things in common. Number one thing that they have in common is that when they came across the path of Jesus, they were changed. They were changed. Hey, I was a seven-year-old boy living on top of a bar on the south side of Chicago. At the, the bar downstairs, they played Polish music. Uh, the landlord was a guy named Joe Pacheski. And uh, every night I would go to bed listening to Polish polka music. And I could hear it. I could hear it, it, it go through the, <coughs> through the apartment there. And every night I would go to bed and it'd be oompa, 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 oompa. You know, that's when I went to bed. Then the bar got sold. And when the bar got sold, the Mexicans bought it. And so then uh, every night I would go listening to the Mexicans. And it sounded like this. Oompa, 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 oompa. Oompa, 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 oompa. And so then they got bought up. Man, I went to bed every night, literally, either had Polish music or had Mexican music. And man, the stench of living on top of a bar. So I don't know if you've ever been in a bar, right? Chicago and Milwaukee are known for having their little corner bars. And my dad would work downstairs. And ever so often, we'd have to go down there and clean that bar. And you know what it smelled like? Puke. Vomit. It smelled like chunks. It smelled like, you know, I'm trying to get somebody to throw up. Um, And uh, man, it's the worst smell. And I remember my dad saying, well, let's go down there, boys, and we're going to mop the floor. We'd mop the floor. And then you know what it would smell like? It would smell like pine saw with vomit. (laughs) It was just nasty. I remember that, that floor got so seeped with the beer and the liquor, and it just fermented. It just smelled horrible. 
Just those long pine uh, boards there that they use in those old buildings just smelled nasty. And that's what I grew up with. That's what, a matter of fact, praise the Lord that some bus worker had enough guts to knock on top of a bar because I'd have never been saved. And by the way, if it was loud downstairs, let me tell you, it was loud upstairs. It was loud upstairs. Dad was a drunk. My father was an alcoholic. Matter of fact, I've never seen a man drink as much as my father get up the next morning and go to work. He was a very high-functioning alcoholic. And by the way, my mother was no better. And that's where I grew up. Four brothers, one sister. I mean, living in a new country, not knowing the language. Dad's a drunk. Dad's beating my mom. My, dad, my mom's beating my dad. That was my upbringing. Look, I don't have a little white picket fence story. I don't have a little dad drove a mo uh, Oldsmobile. Uh, dad might have stolen an Oldsmobile, but dad didn't drive an Oldsmobile. And uh, we grew up in a great area. Man, but I remember the day when I was seven years old and they brought me to church. Did I come for riding a horse? Yes, I did. I was from the city. We never see horses. I mean, you know, I was, I was excited to go. They lied to me, but I was excited to go. You know, I don't remember a lot. I am not, not, not going to believe this. Now, get ready. I am 55 years old. I look good, don't I? All right. And you know what? I don't remember what I did last night, did I? I got home early, praise the Lord, first night all week, because we've been at a missions conference. But you know what? I remember when I was seven years old. I remember getting on that bus. I remember going to a Sunday school. I remember sitting down Indian style in the Sunday school class because we, we didn't have any chairs. I remember a man grabbing my hand saying, would you like to know about Jesus? And I, boy, I didn't know a lot, but I wanted to know about Jesus. And I remember a man taking me into a room. I didn't know this later. It was a special ed class. I think they knew something I didn't know. And they took me in this special ed class. And they shared with me the gospel. And you know what? I got saved. Amen. I got saved. Now, I know that's not a big deal to you because you hear it all the time. But I'm 55 years old. And in the last 48 years, young people, I got something to tell you that a lot of people can't say. Whoever won me to the Lord did such a good job, I never doubted my salvation. I'm 55 years old, young people. I got saved. And when I got saved at age seven, man, all that hurt of seeing a drunk dad and a drunk mom and seeing mom and dad fight and my house been torn apart and the mess living above a bar and hearing all that music. Hey, listen to me. I don't know what happened to you when you got saved, but when I got saved, I was seven years old. It transformed my life. The first time I was ever told that somebody loved me was in a church. The first time somebody said, Jesus loves you, I thought, what if Jesus loves me? Boy, I see so many young people I work with who tell me that they've come to know Christ, and yet I see that they live a life that's totally opposite of what it means to come to know Christ. So let me ask you a question. Have you come to know Christ? Have you come across the path of Christ? I want you to go to Luke chapter 8, verse 2. The book of Luke is written by a doctor. Luke the physician. But even Luke the physician said there's a great physician. And that was the Lord Jesus Christ. And in the book of Luke, you're going to find out over and over again where you see Jesus healing people. We're going to go through a couple of those. I'm going to show you what happens. Listen to me, young people. What happens when people come across the path of the Lord Jesus Christ? If I were to ask you today, hey, who do you want to meet that's famous? You would tell me about your favorite basketball player, your favorite baseball player, 
Your favorite, well, where's the young man that had the hat on, the falcon's hat? Where's he at? There's a young man that had a, uh, there you go. Okay, that, is that a falcon's hat? It is, right? Okay, I met Tony Gonzalez at the airport. And when I saw you with that hat, it dawned on me that I was in Atlanta catching a flight. There was a guy behind me, he was a pretty big dude, and uh, very nicely dressed. And I just looked over and I did a double take, and I said, man, that's Tony Gonzalez. He a Latino, I know him. And uh, I remember uh, going up to him and uh, I didn't say, hey, you're Tony Gonzalez. I knew he was Tony Gonzalez. And people were surrounding him. I got to shake his hand. You know, you meet famous people and you're like, oh, well, I've met Michael Jordan. Got into an elevator at McCormick Place years ago. And I walked, there comes Michael Jordan with two state troopers. I'm thinking, this is pretty cool. I met President Ronald Reagan many years ago. I was in the Palmer House Hotel. I was walking through. I got stopped right there. And boom, there was President Reagan walked right through. I, my office is a courthouse. Did you hear that? My office is a courthouse. It's an old courthouse. My office, my church office, I have bulletproof windows because it's an old courthouse. And I remember one time I walked into that office and the entire street was closed off. I'm thinking, what in the world? They're taking my pastor. No, and it was, a, it was a bunch of policemen there and state troopers. I walked in and this guy stopped me and said, no, sir, you can't come through. And I'm thinking, why can't I come through? Because there was a man whose name was Barack Obama, who was a presidential candidate, actually did a case in our building that our church is now housed in, that our church offices, and he wanted to come back and look at where he first practiced law. I've come across some famous people. Hey, listen to me, but no greater than the Lord Jesus Christ. No, some of you are so excited to meet famous people, so excited to, 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 to get an a influencer to, to retweet or redo or, 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 or do one of your comments or posts. But man, have you ever come across Jesus? Have you ever come across Jesus? Look, listen, I don't need dope to be, get high. I don't need weed to get high. I don't need a Papa Molly to get high. I don't need to do Xanax to get high. Why? Man, I'm high spiritually. I met the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And by the way, that high is still going. I don't need to get a token blunt tonight so I can feel good. Brother, I met Jesus 48 years ago as a seven-year-old boy, and I'm still high. High on Jesus. Addicted on Jesus. Hey, listen, have you ever met Jesus? I'm a happy person. Man, I'll tell you what, without Jesus, I'd probably be angry. I'd probably be bitter. I'd probably be depressed. So many young people depressed today. So many young people, oh, I just got anxiety. So many young, and I'm not making fun of you of that, but some, I'm depressed. Hey, let me tell you why. Have you ever met Jesus? Have you ever come across the path of Jesus? See, a lot of us, we look at Jesus, listen, not as somebody we can have a relationship with, but we look at Jesus as somebody who's just the emergency contact. He's the emergency contact. Hey, let's go look. Come on, let's find out people that met Jesus. Go to Luke chapter 8, verse 2. Luke chapter 8, verse 2. And, a certain, and certain women which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Did you hear that? These women were demon-possessed. These women would hear voices. These women would cut themselves. Sounds like teenagers I've met. Bible says this, 
And, and it says, And certain women which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils. And it goes in to talk about the other ones, the other ladies. And it goes on to talk about how they were uh, saved. Listen. But here are ladies that the Bible says that one time were demon-possessed. One had seven devils, but she met Jesus and she was changed. She was changed. Oh, man, I work with teens. I teach at a college. I teach youth ministries. One thing I teach is I teach on how young people today are so angry. Young people today are so bitter. Young people today have these inner hurts of depression and anxiety and suicide. Hey, listen, I've been a youth pastor for 28 years. I have done over 50 funerals for teenagers. Of the 50 funerals, or I'm sorry, I've done over 50 funerals. Of the 50 funerals, 38 of them have been for teens under the age of 18. The last one I did was two weeks ago, 14-year-old boy in my youth group that died of leukemia. Look at a generation that's hurt, been emotionally abused, physically abused, sexually abused, verbally abused. You don't trust anyone or anything. And so when we tell you you ought to love God and we tell you you ought to come to Jesus, you're like, how in the world can I ever love a heavenly father when my earthly father has been so bad to me? Oh, but hang on a second. If you'd come to Jesus, she had seven spirits. She could hear the voices. She could hear the draw of the world. And yet, listen, she was changed. She was changed. Listen to me, young people. I'm trying to get you to get one thing tonight. And that is, have you come to meet Jesus? You see, a lot of us, we do lip service. We talk and we talk and we talk. You ever meet somebody that just talks, talks, talks too much? Amen. You know somebody like that in here? Raise your hand. Amen. Tell them to shut up. All right, no. uh, you say, that's you, Brother Ricky. No, I'm not going to shut up. Hey, but you come across and we just talk and talk and talk. Man, listen, when I was a kid, you're not going to believe it. All the muscles I had here went down here. But uh, when I was a kid, I was a very aggressive kid. I loved to fight. Anybody in here like to fight? I love to fight. I love to fight. I want to show you something, all right? My kids, listen, my kids make fun of me. So if you look at my hand, the pinky is way to the right. Amen? Y'all see that? All right? And that is because many years ago, man, many years ago I had a, this, this Mexican kid called me a pork chop. He said, you stinking pork chop? And I said, come over here, you... And I, well, I'll tell you what I said. And I went, bam! And you know what? There went my pinky. I remember I was playing Little League. Listen... I was playing a little league and my, my little peaky hurt so bad. I remember going down for pretending I went down for a grounder. And when I did, I got up and I started doing like this. And I ran to the coach and I said, hey, I hurt my pinky. And so he called my dad. My dad rushed me to the hospital. I was stupid, right? Teenager, young people are stupid, right? Just admit it, you're stupid. And uh, I, I went to the x-ray. I got to the x-ray. The doctor comes out and says, hey, when did you break that? I said, today? He said, no, you didn't. He said, that thing's almost healed. Oh, and I got a beating. Got a beating. I used to love to fight. Listen, I used to love to fight. If I could catch a fight, I would. I look, I got a broken nose. See that? See that broken nose right there? I've had this thing replaced twice. Why? Because when I was a kid, my dad put me in boxing. And then one day, my brother and I got at it. He took my bike. All right? I took his soul. But, uh, no. <laughs> and uh, and uh, he hit me. My brother hit me. And, 
and hit me there with a pair of pliers. Hey, listen, we got Mary Magdalene, the woman with seven spirits. She comes across, meets Jesus. She's healed. Her life has changed. She begins to serve. Look at, go to the book of John, chapter 3, verse 1. John, chapter 3, verse 1. I know I talk fast. John, chapter 3, verse 1. The Bible says there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. By the way, this guy thought he knew, he thought, he thought he was spiritual. He's a Pharisee and he would get up and say, look at how good I am. But look what the Bible says. Then, came, then the same came to Jesus by night. See, because he was ashamed. He knew he was a Pharisee. He thought he knew a little Bible and he'd come hide at night to come to Jesus. He thought he'd be real smart in front of the Lord Jesus Christ and call him rabbi because that's what he called all the other smart, intelligent, spiritual people. And he said, Rabbi, he said, we know that thou art a teacher come from God for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Oh, and look at what Jesus said. The Bible says, Jesus, verse three, Jesus answered and said unto him, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Young people, I'll stop right there, but if you'll go down to verse 13, 14, you know what happened to Nicodemus? He got saved. He met Jesus. Now we got a woman full of demons. She meets Jesus. She's saved. We meet a man who thinks he's all religious and all good. When I was a kid, I did my first communion. I did confirmation. I even remember some of the questions to this day. Listen, but he came across Jesus and he got saved. I think one of the biggest lies the devil tells is that just because you're in church and just because you grew up in church, you're good with Jesus. No, you're not. No, you're not. Man, so we got the woman with the demons. We got the guy who thought he was all religious, going to church. He thought, I'm sitting in the pew here. I'm going to go to heaven. Listen to me. There's a lot of you kids in here. You ride a bus, you come to church. You've never come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. I'm not trying to get you saved. I'm trying to get you unsaved. I'm trying to tell you that if you were truly had come across Jesus, you would be changed. You would be changed. Well, let's look at another one. We can look at 12 or 14. I'm going to look at two or three more. Look at Luke chapter 19, verse 5. Luke chapter 19, verse 5. I did a little study with this to my kids and I taught them. You say, yeah, but that's Jesus. Hey, but listen, it's the same Jesus that we can come to. Have you come across Jesus? They're so enamored with meeting famous people, right? I've got a couple of my kids that have gone out into the world. They want to be influencers. They've got 100,000 followers on YouTube, and they think they're all that. Hey, listen to me. You know who I want to influence? I want to influence something or someone for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what I want to do. Look at... Luke chapter 19, verse 5. Now there's another man, Zacchaeus. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw to him and said, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. Oh, look what Zacchaeus does. He was a, you've heard the story, Zacchaeus was a wee little man. The wee little man was he, he was short in stature, probably had some kind of <coughs> inferiority complex. Although he had, he had position, kind of a control freak, right? Sometimes they say that it's called short man syndrome. You know, you ever have a friend that's super short and they're like super bossy and they're like super in control 
And they're like, hey, guys, don't marry short girls, right? And, uh, yeah, and they're kind of, that's what, Zac, that's what uh, Zacchaeus was. He was, uh, he was this little power-hungry little man. And look what the Bible says. Verse 8, and Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods. Hey, I'm good. I give to the poor. But look at verse 9. Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house. Verse 10, For the Son of Man is come to seek and save that which was lost. Now look, I've only shown you three examples. A woman, very much like today's teens, kind of a mind that had been overruled by demons, anxiety, anger, depression. Then we had a man that was spiritual. He went to church, and so he thought he was good. And now we meet a man who was kind of a little power hungry and thought maybe, you know, uh, surely Christ is not going to talk to me. But he went out of his way. Listen to me. He humbled himself. And the Bible says, today is salvation come to your house. Man, you know what? I've told you three stories so far. And there's some young person you fit into one of those stories. Have you come to know Jesus? Have you come to know Jesus? Hey, listen. There's this old saying that if we put you on trial for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Could we convict you? If this were a courtroom, and here were the judge, and there were the witness stand, and they come up and they would say, would you give us some evidence that you're a Christian? Could you? Oh, let's look at one more. Look at down at John chapter 4, verse 1. John chapter 4, verse 1. These are all examples of people that came to Christ. Different reasons, different whys, but they were changed. John chapter 4, verse 11. I'm sorry, I think I said 1, but verse 11. <coughs> Let's go to verse 9, start in verse 9. Then said the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews had no dealings with the Samaritan. Here's a woman who felt she wasn't worthy to come to Jesus. Got a lot of young people don't feel worthy to come to Jesus. She was considered, her nickname was a dog. She would have been considered, as that group of people, your dogs. How about you? In America, we use that phrase constantly, dog, but in most of the world, a dog is an animal is an insult. It's a curse. And look what Jesus says, verse 9. Then Jesus answered, verse 10, Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest ask of him, and he would have given thee, listen, what? Living water. Amen. Living what? Yeah. She didn't feel worthy. In verse 18, He says, I, I know your life. I know your sin. I know your husband's. She didn't feel worthy. Let's look at these four people. The woman, Mary Magdalene, her mind just destroyed with thoughts, anxiety, anger, depression, ruled by spirits. Zacchaeus, the religious guy. Nicodemus, the powerful guy. And then we just know her as the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, despised from her background, 
judged by her sin, hated by people. Hey, listen to me. I'm almost done. Listen to me. So far, we've gone through four stories of people that have come to the Lord Jesus Christ and they walked away changed. Have you come to the Lord Jesus Christ? And if you did, have you walked away changed? Have you walked away changed? It's convicting. It's convicting as I read the gospel. The word gospel means good news. As I read the good news of the gospel, it's convicting to me. Hey, listen to me. I came across the Lord Jesus Christ. And if these people in the Bible came to him and were changed, why am I not changed? There's only two reasons. Here's the two reasons. I'm almost done. Why you don't leave Christ changed. Number one, he's not your savior. And if he is your savior, you're living in open rebellion against him. Period. Pooh. I'm glad you all understand that. <laughs> Listen. Or as some of y'all would say, no cap, okay? No cap! If you have never come across, if you've come across the Lord Jesus Christ, you're changed. If you're not, it's because you've never come across the Lord Jesus Christ and truly been saved. You understood you're a sinner. You understood that that sin has a price. Understood that there's nothing you can do to save. But understand that as the Bible says, but God commended his love toward us. Romans chapter 5 verse 8, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Or you're living in rebellion against the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, let's look at one more. Looked at John chapter 4, verse 11. I'll tell you the last one. I want you to um, take your Bibles and let's go to Mark chapter 8, I believe. Let me see. Let me get there here real quick. Mark chapter 8. Of course, I'm jumping all over the Gospels. Now, I love this story. Because I gave you specifics, right? I'll tell you about the woman, Zacchaeus, Nicodemus, the Samaritan woman. But here Jesus is doing a miracle. And this is the beautiful part. It wasn't one specific person. It was anybody. It was anybody. Look at Mark chapter 8. Those days, the multitude being very great and having nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples unto him and said unto them, I have compassion on the multitude because they have now been with me three days and have nothing to eat. Listen. Bible goes on to say, it talks, of course, you've heard the story about the young little boy that had the seven loaves and had the fishes and he brought them and gave them to Christ. Listen. If you go there at the end, and I, I won't go all the way to the end there, but if you go at the end, there was such a great multitude that came to hear Jesus, such a great multitude that came, not necessarily to be fed, but they came to hear Christ. And what I love about that, listen, maybe you're not in any of those four groups, and I could give you eight more examples throughout the Bible, taking the Old Testament and show you uh, people in the Old Testament and how they came to the knowledge of God and how they believed in the coming Messiah and how they were changed. But listen, here's the beautiful, here's the, the best part of that. Whosoever will may come. 
Anybody. Anybody. Listen, I'm done. I get to travel a little bit. I was just a little boy living on top of a bar on the south side of Chicago. I never knew what was outside my window. I never thought I'd travel outside the world, much less outside my block. I mean, I'm from Chicago. Y'all wouldn't understand this, but the only islands I would ever visit would be Blue Island and Stony Island. Those are streets in Chicago. And I remember as a little boy thinking to myself, man, can God use me? Because if God can use me, I'm in. I couldn't speak. Had a stinking speech impediment. They, I would have to go into speech classes and put the little things on and say, you know, uh, Sally went to church and sat in the chair. <laughs> You've been there too? Good. Huh? <laughs> and I couldn't say my, hey, to this day, I cannot say the word walrus. I can't say it. I can't say the word philosophy. I can't, I can't say it. I can't. If it's a PH sound, I avoid it. If it's an, uh, uh, any kind of W or R's, I avoid it. Ever so often it'll come out and people laugh at me. And I remember going to a speech class and thinking, man, but if God could ever use me, I'll let God use me. And you know what? Listen, I'm bilingual. I speak fluent English and fluent Spanish. Listen. And over the last 25 years, God has opened some incredible doors. Next week, I get to board a flight and go to Peru. Peru, South America. Last month, I got to board a flight and go to Guatemala. Today, I get to be in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. You know, next week, or in a couple of weeks here, I'll get to be in another city. I get to run camps. I'm a camp director. I love seeing teenagers get hurt. If you ever want to go to an aggressive camp, look me up on Facebook. Go to my camp, all right? You'll either come back dead or maimed, but you will come back. Hey, listen, God's given me this great opportunity only because young people, as a young man, I said, God, if you would use me, I'll do it. I'll do it. Hey, I've gotten to preach in 18 foreign countries. Got to go to some really cool places. Got to preach in Italy. Got to go to Costa Rica. I've been to all of Central America. I've been to all of Central America except for one country. And now I'm in, uh, uh, preaching in South America and Peru and Colombia. Been invited to Venezuela. Hey, next August, man, or next October, Brother Lapina and I and five other pastors, we're doing an Amazon jungle trip, trip of a lifetime. I can't wait. I get to go do a camp in the Amazon jungle. That anaconda better stay back, I'm telling you. I heard that they got some. And, and I, you say, well, how do you do that? I don't know. I just, when I was a little boy, I couldn't speak. And I was a little boy, I came across Jesus. And I, maybe I was just dumb and stupid. And I believed. I had enough faith to say, Lord, if you would take me and use me, I'll say yes. I'll say yes. I'm done. You've been good. There's a lot of fun to, to go ahead. When you leave tonight, I want to ask you two questions again. Have you come across Jesus? And have you been changed? Have you come across Jesus? And have you been changed? If you've come across Jesus and you're not changed, then you're living in rebellion. We have three decisions to make tonight. Number one, 
if I've never come to know Christ as my Savior, tonight I will get saved. Number two, if I have come to know Christ as my Savior, then I'm going to allow God to change me. I'm going to allow, I'm going to volunteer and say, God, change me. Number three, if I have come to know Christ, but I'm not living for him, I'm living in rebellion, I'm going to go back to having Christ change me. Young people, more than ever, listen to me. This is a good group. Y'all remind me so much of of our kids. More than ever, we need young people to live for God. How many of you go to public school? Raise your hand. Guess what you are? You're a missionary. You can carry the gospel where we cannot. Most of my kids are public school kids. 90% of my, my kids are public school kids. You're a missionary. There's the three decisions tonight. If you've never come across the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, make him your Savior tonight. If you've come across the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, let your life be changed. Live for him. And if tonight you say, well, I've been saved, but you're living in rebellion, get right with the Lord. Get right with the Lord. Hey, we're rooting for you. Amen. I like you. Say, you never met me. I like you, though. I like you. You know why I like you? Because God loves you. You and I were only in the like stage, brother. But listen, God loves you. And you know what? I love what God loves. And I want to seek what God seeks. And you know what God loves? God loves you. You know what God is seeking? You. He said, I thought we were coming to shoot guns. Or Nerf guns. My kids, we wouldn't have Nerf wars. They bring real guns. Hey, listen. Yeah, we're going to have fun. But those are the three questions tonight. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Have you come across Jesus? Did you come away changed? Or are you living in rebellion? The head bowed and eyes closed. How many would say tonight? Brother Ricky, I got to be honest with you. But I don't know for sure that if I died, I'd go to heaven. That question haunts me at night. When I'm alone, I don't want to die and go to a place called hell. And oftentimes I think, what happens when I die? And I'm going to be honest with you, I've, I've not been like the Mary Magdalene. I've not been like Nicodemus. I've not been like Zacchaeus. I've never come to know Christ as my Savior. But tonight, if somebody, somebody would take time and show me, I want to be saved. Would you raise your hand? Anybody like that at all? Anyone like that? The other two questions. Thank you, young lady. Raise it up high. Raise it up high. There's a lot of people here. Thank you. There's a young lady there. If we can get a worker, just talk to her her in a second or the pastor. Thank you. Anybody else? I don't know the Lord Jesus Christ is my Savior. That question sometimes haunts me because I think of death and I think of dying, but I don't know where I'm going to go when I die. Would you be very honest? I love honest teenagers. You and I both know the one word teenagers hate is the word fake. So don't be fake. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, would you raise your hand? Raise it up high. Thank you, sir. 
Anybody else? I'm going to have Brother Paul come and finish the invitation. Are you living in rebellion? Who would say, Brother Ricky, I'm living in rebellion. I've been saved, but I know I've not been living the way I should. Raise your hand. Amen. I'm going to open up the altar here in a second. You need to come to this altar and tell the Lord, Lord, I've been living in rebellion, but I want to live right. Then the last question, how many would say, if God would use me, I'd volunteer. I would be a part of the everybody. If God would use me, I would volunteer. Would you raise your hand? Let's use the altar tonight. I'm going to have Brother Paul come. He'll finish the invitation. Would you come? Let's use the, let's use the altar. Come on. <laughs>